Young Maxwell, I'm thirsty. What are you thirsty for? Beer. Where do you live? Chico. I know exactly where you can go. Where is? It's in Spike's Bottle Shop here in Chico. Yeah, 1270 East First Avenue. That sounds like a magical land of beer and pork rinds. They have the greatest selection of beer in Chico for sure. Maybe California, maybe the United States, maybe the world. And what's even better is that since you listen to this podcast, you can get a 10% discount by going to Spike's, picking out your beer, and at checkout saying our password, which is FHC, and then you just get 10% off. That's just what happens. Is that going to be the password just for this week? No, that is our password always. So if in the past you've been listening, you think the password changes, not the case. FHC is our password. One password to rule them all and with pork rinds and beer intoxicate you. Done. So go on out to Spikes, get 10% off by saying FHC. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Good morrow. Good morn. Welcome to the Fresh Hop Cinema podcast. Where we talk about movies and beer and bourbon. As much as we want. And cats. Quick disclaimer about last week, if you listened, we talked about bourbon and rye and whiskey. And I was on a high horse. Yeah. And I was telling Johnny, no, rye is bourbon. Mm -hmm. That's not correct. And I said, no, sir, it is Mm -hmm. not. And then I was second guessing and I checked with a few reputable sources uh, not the internet, actually, but I probably could have. Even you, during the episode, I could have checked. Did you talk to a bartender? I talked to a bar manager who specializes in whiskey. Beautiful. Yeah. that's. I would rather you do that than Google it. Yeah. The point is, rye is a different thing. They're both whiskeys. There's whiskey, and that's an umbrella. And okay. then you have everything we talked about, but rye and bourbon are separate. So it's like porters and stouts are both technically beer. Yes. Just like yeah. rye and bourbon are technically whiskey. both whiskey. Sure. Yeah. Whiskey. Just different. Whiskey. Uh, what makes rye and bourbon different? The grain bill. Okay. So a, a rye grain bill has to be majority rye, 51%. Makes sense. Um, and uh, most of the time, bourbon is uh, any number of things, but not rye. Um, not rye prominent? Correct. Okay. You can still have rye in a bourbon, to my understanding. I um, think you know, you're supposed to, right? Like, isn't there rye? There's so many different grain bills. Like, you can have totally different combos, but, and there's, you know, infinite numbers of bourbons out there, but I'm sure a lot do. Yeah. I actually have a book out there. We should have grabbed it. It's like it's like a basic whiskey book, hmm. which is even more embarrassing that I didn't know this last week. But that's yeah, you have a book on this. Literally, yeah, have it's a like book sitting on, on my whiskey thing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's why we're professionals. Yes, we don't know everything. Yeah, and then we we fix our mistakes. We're asking. And here we are. <laughs> we're asking the hard questions. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we yeah we got a lot to cover today. Um, so you and you prefer rye? I do. Okay. Um, if I'm just sipping whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, rye to bourbon. Yes, I prefer rye. But scotch, I think, is at the top of my list. Mm. Yeah. And we did this last week. Yeah, we just... I love it. Disagree. It's fine. It is fine. We Um, all like whiskey. That's all that matters. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is a lot of fun. This is our... This feels good to me because we took a three-week break accidentally. We just... Schedules weren't good. And now we're two weeks in a row. We're back on track. It feels good, right? Feels good. Feels normal. Um, If you're just joining us for the first time, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Um, Blanket apology for everything that's about to happen. Yes. Um... If you ever want to reach out to us, you can do that and all the normal stuff. I feel like we stopped saying that in the beginning, but we have we have Twitter. Uh, Johnny and I will both have Twitters now. I'm working on He's it. He's thinking about making one. I'm thinking about joining the Twitter. Um, and our podcast is on Twitter at uh, Fresh Hop Cinema, and then you can find both of us. Uh, mine is at Max Minardi Music, and his is going to be at Johnny Manitoba. That's unless that's taken. But so I find us on Twitter. <laughs> maybe Johnny underscore Manitoba. Yeah, there's we'll like see. yeah. I'm giving birth to an alter ego. Yeah, it's going to be great. We should get into that story later on why that's a thing. Yeah. 
And then later on, and maybe not now, but later on, I want to talk about my day and why we're currently drinking Lazy Hazy, which is not even a beer we're featuring. Yeah. Um, we both needed a beer. We did. That was, was the bottom yeah. line. We got here and we're like, we're drinking a beer, um, mm-hmm. chugging half a cup of coffee. Yeah. Or else this episode's going to be terrible. Yeah. It's Thursday for us, by the way. You'll hear this if you listen to it religiously when it comes out. Yeah, You'll hear it on Friday. We're so. recording on a Thursday at approximately 7.50. Yeah. That's exactly what I have, approximately. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've both been just going for probably the last 12 to 14 hours. Yeah. 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 Give or take. Um, I do want to say too, get, getting into the stuff that we're talking about today. Um, we saw the movie separately. Mm-hmm. Neither of us saw it today, Mm-mm. which I think in the context of this film was good. Yes. This is a movie that, that'll take a little bit of time. It requires digestion. Um, also, if you've never heard the show before, we break our show into segments. Um, so if you're tuning in to hear about mother, but you don't want spoilers, that's fine. We don't ever spoil anything until the third segment of the show. Uh, at which point we would encourage you to go see the movie and come back and listen. Or if you've seen it, perfect. Stick around for the whole thing. Uh, The third segment is called The Danger Zone. The Danger Zone, yeah. And that is when things get real risky. Yeah, and segments one or two, one and two, are the highway. Yeah. To it. Exactly. Right. Because we're on the highway to the danger zone. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something else about Twitter, like you should get one because I make a lot of lame jokes that I don't feel are appropriate for Facebook. (laughs) So I'll just (laughs) post them. Um, and it's funny. So, all right. Uh, that's all the housekeeping stuff, right? Um, I think so. Also, I'm proposing a motion that we just change the name of this podcast to amateur hour. Cool. There would be some, some fallout there. I think we'd lose a few listeners. I just don't think there's a podcast called amateur hour. Oh, out there. let's find out. I the, bet there is. Is you, you think there is? <laughs> For sure. Cause how, you know, how many times have we like not wanted to do this because we're just exhausted or blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And we're both just like, what is it? Amateur hour. Right. Get to work. Because we're professionals, and no matter what, we show up unless we're taking a three-week break. Uh, this is an unpaid plug for the Amateur Hour podcast. What is a podcast we don't know? That's not how you phrase that. From the creative genius minds of award-winning tweeters, people, they have two episodes. We're better than that. I will crush them like an insect exactly. and take the name of that. Johnny Manitoba is coming for you. Some, everybody reach out to Amateur Hour podcast and be like, Fresh Up Cinema sent us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're here. We're coming for you. We're here for your podcast. <laughs> I want to tweet to them right now. That's or that funny. might just be my spinoff podcast, uh, Amateur Hour with, yeah. John, with Johnny Manitoba. Yeah. See, it's great. You already have the, the persona. And a podcast. Um, yeah. Getting into things. Shall we? Shall we? Um, let's open this beer. Okay. Uh, like we said, we're talking about the movie Mother. Mm-hmm. It is the 2017, that is right now, uh, Darren Aronofsky film. Uh <laughs> Starring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem. If you don't uh, know anything about that maniac, he did Dark Dark Swan, Black, Black Swan. Uh, why are you making me question it? And now I'm not sure. No, Black Swan. Black Swan. Yeah. Which is also dark. He, and... Yeah. He did Noah, um, the uh, Russell Crowe and Christian Bale-like uh, biblical oh God. tale that I thought was pretty bad. I think most critics thought it was pretty bad. But I don't know. It was icky. Um, so he also directed The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, which actually did really well. I love theaters. that movie. I didn't see it, but I heard it was great. You should watch that. I will. Um, anyways, so he's, he's not necessarily known for being a subtle director. Um, definitely some very specific things that you can catch, uh, recurring in his films. Um, namely kind of the, the mind effing that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you don't know anything about this movie, it's... wait, did he do Requiem for a Dream? Mm-hmm. He also directed Requiem Whoa. for a Dream. Makes sense though, right? Whoa. Yeah. 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 I probably should have mentioned that one. That was, yeah. Whoa. Um, that movie wasn't. 
insane. Yeah, and it's just yeah, he did Pie also in the Fountain. Okay, there's, there's a bunch of weird movies. So he's done. something happened to this dude when he was a kid, right? There's like I think he makes some self-deprecating jokes about how a lot of his his films, like the really messed up stuff, is like just him projecting his own experiences. <laughs> oh my! Um, like it's in this in Mother, Mother, right? Because of the exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like he's he's very much a a director who struggles with like like writer's block. So putting that or maybe drawing that inference on the Javier Bardem character is not too much of a leap. Interesting. Um, but yeah, this mother is being billed as a horror movie. I think that's fair to say. Um, and a relatively straightforward horror movie. If you just watch the previews and read the descriptions, right? Yeah. You don't really know what you're getting into. No. And, and the whole IMDB description is a couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. Uh, not incorrect, but also not all encompassing. Exactly. Very, very vague. <clears throat> I, I think we should say too, this is a tough movie to talk about without spoiling stuff. Yeah. So in my brain, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it until we get towards the end. Yeah. We, we got to save most of this for the danger zone. Yeah. And I'll give like, obviously we'll talk about our feelings in general. Um, and if we liked it or didn't like it. Yeah. I kind of almost mm. um, like wrote a little bit of a review on mm. it just in my brain. Yeah. But like I've been kind of compiling some thoughts um, just in general. Yeah. I think there's a lot of interesting, a lot of ways you could, you could watch this movie and I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I think I can't even say why yet, but yeah, I'm curious. Um, well, do you want to hear it? Yeah. If you, yeah, let's just jump right in with sure, our thoughts. Let's do it. I guess we're not going to talk about our days. Do you want to say that for later? We can do it now. They were long, dude. It sucked. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to mention mine later. So like yeah. I said, so we'll I talk about our days really. later. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So the movie mother. Um, it made me uncomfortable. Mm. Um, it made me very, very, very uncomfortable and anxious in the first half of the movie. And my first reaction was that this is a shit movie. Like this is the Mm. most terrible movie I've ever seen. It's making me like physically tense and uncomfortable and anxious. And I thought it was because it was just terrible. Oh. And, you know, it was just, this is a terrible movie, and mm-hmm. it's really just irking me. And then I realized that the film was doing exactly what it was trying to do, mm-hmm. and I was falling victim to it. And once I realized that that was the intention, that it's not just a bad movie, but it was designed to make you uncomfortable yeah, and just gnaw at you a little bit, and the way it was filmed and the, the camera work was amazing kind of shaky and close up and like you felt like you were in the room uh with all the some very odd things happening and people behaving very oddly um so once i realized that uh i kind of tried to take a more objective approach to watching the whole movie and um one thing i will say about this movie is it is the closest thing to a piece of high art that a movie can come in my opinion it's not really like a movie it's more of a film or like an entire piece of art there were so many metaphors in it that you could interpret multiple ways, either of which would be correct. Um, it was very vague and very specific all at the same time. And its metaphor and its use of metaphors even is going as deep as the metaphors with the characters. I mean, the whole scope of the movie uh, was very metaphorical in a lot of ways. And it kind of leaves itself open for interpretation. The movie doesn't explain itself in any way. It kind of leaves it up to you to make your own assumptions about what was going on and the whole plot. So if you really just kind of remove yourself from 
being too critical and kind of just look at it objectively as a piece of art. I thought this movie was fascinating. It was fascinating to look at. Uh, it was intriguing. And I haven't been able to stop thinking about it for the last three days. So, yeah, that's my take on it. It was fascinating. Yeah, I had I had similar reactions throughout. I mean, I, I got, I think, what I listened to or I read an interview um, with Darren Aronofsky about this. And he was saying that he, well, obviously he specifically shot it that way, but he only used three camera angles. He used the close up, like the real close up of people's faces, um, the over the shoulder and like one other, like slightly wider thing, but no like giant shots. Mm-hmm. So the whole movie, like you're saying, like the whole first half is just very, like it's claustrophobic. Everything was handheld when they shot it. Um, the sound design was just like super heightened, like every yeah. step that Jennifer Lawrence took or like anything you heard, the house creaking. The or, silence. Even that, yeah, and there's 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 just so much. Um, I mean, there's safe to say without spoiling too much. There's a uh, a connection that Jennifer Lawrence has with this house that she's renovating. Um, their relationship is essentially she is uh, this man's wife, and their marriage has kind of fallen stale, certainly sexually, um, because he is a poet and he's suffering from some serious writer's block. Um, trying to find inspiration and all that, and she's uh, in a lot of ways kind of being the dutiful housewife and and just taking care of the place and making sure he has what he needs and that sort of thing. Um, that's my ice machine. Sorry. That's um, good. And so, so throughout, especially at the beginning of the movie, you get this really like, like she's painting the walls and, and tidying up and fixing things. And she gets, you get established this really strong connection between her and the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the things that you see are very, they're very close. They're claustrophobic. Um, uncomfortable was a great word. Like it's, it's how you feel. Um, this movie, it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. And what I, what I did enjoy about this was that you well, it was pretty early on that I realized I didn't know where this was going. Right. Because um, I'd seen the trailer a couple times, read a tiny bit. I hadn't read any reviews. But, but after the first maybe 20 minutes, the trailer goes out the window. Yeah. So, I, yeah, it was pretty pretty easy to tell that something was different. Um, and um, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed not exactly knowing where I was going. Yeah. Um, I had some issues later in the movie as as the plot or as the plot progressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely more specific stuff that I'll talk about later. Overall, what did you think about this? Overall, I liked it. Yeah. Um, it was it was a confused. I I liked it in the same way that I'm fascinated by like a Jackson Pollock painting. Mm. You know how you could just stare at abstract art and find things in it, but that's not really a a, a finite thing that mm. has shape. Mm-hmm. This movie is very abstract. That's interesting. I have I have almost opposite feelings. Yeah. Um, this movie was so, and this is interesting because we'll talk about this, but I think our backgrounds, um, everybody's background affects their viewing of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the movie became so obvious. Um, and so not subtle and so, um, so not literal. That's not correct, but, um, on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. On the nose. It was so obvious and it was, it was almost insulting once they established it, at least the way that I was watching. Like you said earlier, there's multiple ways to watch this movie. Yeah. If you um, look at it through like the religious lens, which I'm feeling mm-hmm. like you were looking at it through. It was the most obvious one to me. Yeah. yeah. Certain things were like, oh, well. Yeah. Okay. And it, it just became a little bit pandering to me um, later on. But I, I really loved um, Jennifer Lawrence's performance and Javier Bardem. He's great. Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer come in. Um, and I think they did a great job. They looked like they were uh, enjoying it, like I usually see, at least Ed Harris in a very, uh, well, in leading roles for one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice seeing him as kind of a kind of a side actor here, um, but still had a very like everybody. Everybody had a had a had a role in this, especially in the first half of the movie. Yeah, and I think everybody played them really well. So performance wise and directorially and cinematography wise, um, I think 
the movie achieved what it was going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but towards the end, I just, I think it's a little bit, it's, it's, it's tougher for me to, to give it all praise without critiquing it. Oh, there's definitely like critiques, yeah. but mm-hmm. overall I liked it. Yeah. I, it's, I would, I would watch this again, but it won't be for a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to need to kind of reset. Uh, and now knowing what I'd be going into, kind of get myself ready. Right. Um, and for that reason, I can't recommend this to everybody. Sure. Um, this is probably rated R, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was borderline. Yeah. It was, little, it was rough. A little disturbing in a few um, spots. Certainly don't take, like I would, I would say obviously don't take kids. Maybe don't even take people that are easily upset by things that people get upset by. Yeah. Like you have to be, you have to. You have to commit to watching this. You have to be pretty staunch of uh, constitution. Yeah, just in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, overall, I, you know, it's uh, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not the best. It's uh, it's man. It's I mean, I saw it on on Tuesday, and today is Thursday, so it's been a couple of days for me too. And I'm still processing it. And I haven't gotten a final place in my brain where I'm like, this is good or bad. Um, I think it leans more toward good for the fact that it is not a, like I said, it's not something I predicted all the way through. Um, and B like, it's when we looked at the movies, like it seemed like maybe the most interesting choice out there. Yeah. And I think it proved itself. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have a good discussion about it. And if, if movies do nothing else, um, one will have, make you have a talk about mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, for that reason, I'm excited to get into it a little bit later, but, uh, sweet. Yeah. So that's a little little sneak preview of the movie action happening. Yes. Um, now it's time to talk about beer. Yeah. And what are we drinking? Or who are we drinking it from? Rather. Who are we? That was a weird way to phrase yeah. that, wasn't it? I'm confused now. <laughs> Who's, who makes this beer? Who from drinking beer yeah. we are think? Yes. What? Uh, Mother Earth. Mother Earth. Mother Earth. Uh, Out of San Diego. Yeah. That is uh, German, actually, for Wales, uh, Wales Vagina. Quote an anchorman, huh? Yep. All right. Okay, so this is four seasons of Mother Earth. Uh, this is a winter, uh, so obviously they have a, a series, a four four seasonals, mm-hmm. one for every season, which is the definition of a seasonal beer. Right. You don't really have to, yeah. Say all a lot of bottle. people only do like one seasonal. A oh, year, that's though. true. Yeah. So, like, when you think about it, they're maybe they're doing it right. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe everyone else that puts out like two seasonals. Yeah, I haven't. Have you tasted yours yet? Yeah. Okay. It's very good. Cool. Um, this is the winter uh, seasonal. Uh, it is an imperial breakfast out with coffee. Uh, and it's fair to mention that this beer is from 2016. So the tasting notes on the bottle we're looking at, uh, we're going to have tasting notes of toasted oak, creamy oatmeal, and roasted coffee. That's great. That's everything you'd want out of a breakfast out, right? And an imperial breakfast out, eight, 8.8%. Is that correct? Uh, this one's clocking in at... 10.5. Are you kidding me? Okay, so that's that's interesting. The 2015 was 8.8%. Oh, they ramped it up for this. 2016 ain't no punk no. bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I've, I've sort of, I've never really, when I think about delicious beer, like Mother Earth never pops into my head, but every time I have their beers, I'm like, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the Buku IPA that they do. Yeah. Um, I love the Cali Cream and Cream Ale. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. It's definitely a standby, um, good representation of that style. Totally. People dig that beer. Yeah. I would if I could drink it. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Um, yeah. What are your initial thoughts on it though? It's, uh, it's a mocha in a cup. Oh man. Yeah. Just even smelling it. That's, yeah. that's rich. Tons of chocolate, uh, tons of the odiness that gives it like a nice body. That's really good. Yeah. Like I'm super stoked on this beer. It's sweeter than I was expecting too. 
Yeah. But breakfast stouts kind of do mm. tend to be mm-hmm. a little bit sweeter. I'm getting nothing on the alcohol front either. No. It's, I mean, that's buried deep for a 10 plus percent. It's not hot at all. It's mm. really smooth. It's got a nice creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. Um, it drinks super easy. Uh, and it's... This is still relatively cold too. Yeah. If... Um, it, I found that I had a couple conversations with people that listen to the show that aren't beer people. So um, if you're still listening, those people, um, a lot of the time, the the maybe it's a good rule of thumb to say the darker the beer, the warmer it can be when you drink it. Hundred um, percent. And this is as dark as a style gets. Um, so it's still a little bit chilly, and I think when it warms up, it'll change a bit. Um, it opens up. So if you don't know this, as beer um, enthusiasts, what's that? Oh, sorry, what were you gonna say? As beer opens up, no. uh, war- as beer warms up. Uh, the beer actually opens up. It kind of blossoms, mm-hmm. and you're getting different smells. You're getting different tastes, even different textures. Like it can, it can change texturally yeah. as it warms up. Yeah, I mean, you, especially too, if you've had it open for a bit, you lose some of that carbonation, that mm-hmm. immediate, yeah, um, sizzling on your tongue, mm-hmm. and you get more of the mouthfeel. Yeah, you can definitely pick up on the viscosity of a beer a lot mm-hmm. more as it warms up, and in general, like it just don't bastardize stouts by drinking them cold. Totally. And that's the thing too. Like you notice any of the big macro companies are like Coors Light's great. We talked about this, I think, but like cold as the Rockies, like don't drink it until the can is blue or whatever. Yeah. It's like the cold, cause taste buds in general, the colder something you're tasting is the less you taste of it. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, lagers are meant to be drank ice cold. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's going to, it's getting better as it warms up. Yes. I just had a ridiculously good beer the other night. Let's let's wrap this guy up real quick. Yeah, and then hit it. Oh, okay. Um, but once again, yeah, this is the this is Mother Earth's Winter Imperial Breakfast Stout um, with coffee. I, we picked this up as always at Spike's Bottle Shop, uh, and there were quite a few bottles of this left. But it is the only Mother Earth offering. Yeah, it's literally the only Mother Earth beer that they had in there. I don't know if there's distribution issues or what. Maybe they're just bad about responding to emails in general, that, and not just for I us. Mean, <laughs> that would make so much sense. Looking yeah. at you at Mother Earth, singing a little shade here, slanging shade, slanging. I don't know. I'm slinging shade and hot rhymes. If you're a brewery, you. You you need to get with the times. We like you a lot more if you respond to us. Respond this to is the us. First, like we've we've made an effort this week to reach out to the brewery. We're like, all right, Mother is the movie, Mother Earth, perfect. Yeah. Twitter, email, Facebook, nothing back. Maybe they saw the movie and they're like, we don't want to be associated F with you. This. <laughs> no, please don't you know, drink maybe. our beer. All that to say, we still both really like this beer. So yeah, maybe that says something about the beer. Yeah, there were some bottles left, and it was a very affordable twenty-two ounce bottle. Um, I think it was. Somewhere, it was under ten dollars. Cool. Put it that way. So, yeah. I'm gonna probably go back and buy a couple. Yeah, and of it's these. very splittable too. And I, I bet this would age pretty well. It has already. Right. So, do you think this was released in 2016, or do you think they bottled it and then kept it? It was released. Okay. Yeah. Because the seasonal, they they want to know, they want you to know when it was released. Well, that's true. Huh? Yeah. So, I mean, this beer is pretty much already got a, almost a year on it mm-hmm. because we're fast we're approaching getting, winter. Yeah. Uh, it's delicious. Like, yeah. highly recommend it. Yes. Um, this is like an eight point nine. Yeah, man, this is up there. This is this is really good. Um, my, I think my only thing that I'm not super into is how sweet it is. Yeah, even as it's warming up, it's getting a little bit. See, I like sweet stouts. Okay, yeah, that's me personally. I love sweet. I love like dark bitter stouts too. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like if this was a bit more leaning towards like dark chocolate, I mm-hmm. might enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know exactly what I'm picking up that is so sweet because I don't think it's anything in the. It in... reminds me of like a mocha, like a frappuccino, like coffee. Yeah, it does, huh? Coffee with cream and sugar. I wonder if there's milk chocolate. Oh god, I know. Oh, Sorry, man. I, I hope hate there's to say not that. milk in this. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's I'm I'm gonna I'm curious. I think if you're down for this, um, we'll review this, take a break real quick, come back with some more stuff, and I'm curious to taste this after the break after it's warmed up a little bit more. 
um, to maybe give any final thoughts if it's changed. Are you good with that? Yeah. So what are you going to rate it? So for now, it feels like an like an eight for me. It's very very good, but nitpicking. I don't. I wouldn't drink too much because of how sweet it is. That's fair. It is definitely on the sweeter side. Yeah, and you're going eight, eight nine, five, nine, eight nine. I really sweet. like this beer. I think it's kind of a sleeper pick. It's yeah, something it might that be, you huh? probably and nobody's talked about this. And you know what? I've I've probably looked at this beer 30, 40 times mm. and just never really even read the bottle. In your defense, a lot of their labels look like this. It's very busy. Like it's it's the painted on the bottle thing and but like a lot of the blues and the white kind of I don't know how you describe that, but like blue and white swirly things. Like the Cali Cream is very similar except it's like a car or something. Yeah, it's like a, a van, isn't it? Like a Volkswagen bus. Or yeah, something. probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones like you'll kind of lose it in a crowd of beers. But yeah, I've, I've probably looked past it because I mean I'm going spikes regularly, mm-hmm. and it's been out since last year. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, shoot, we'll touch on this again when we get back. In the meantime, we'll take a break. Touch uh, on you. When we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you in part by the Handlebar. A craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, California. Johnny, what can you tell me about them? So they're an amazing little spot. Amazing. They've got a bunch of ha- tap handles. Tap handles and happy hours. And happy hours. They've Seven got, days a week. Well, they've got one happy hour. That's true. But it's it's comprised of multiple hours of happiness. And multiple days. And all multiple the, days. All of the days. Like all seven. Yeah. Every single day. What time is that from? 2 till? p.m. to 6 p.m. Two. You get a dollar off any draft beer. That is a delicious offering. And they're always changing the lineup. Go and check them out any day of the week, two to six. Get a dollar off that draft beer and grab some food while you're at it. They're a great local business and they support our podcast. Support local businesses that support me. I'm going there now. Let's go. And we are back from our break and Johnny is standing up holding a cat. It's so nice. Uh, that's my cat. Her name's Gray. We've maybe covered this. And that's the sound of her tail. Hitting you. you. Should take a picture of this. I will. All right, that's good. Yeah, this is how we podcast now. Johnny will post this on his Twitter mm-hmm. at Johnny Manduka. Manitoba. Manitoba. There it is. That's great. Um. So yeah, we've we've taken a nice break, caught up a little bit. Um. None of which will privilege your ears, but <laughs> yeah. here we are. Um. We. I need to give my final thoughts. You're already out of out of the mother earth, or you're not. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna try this one more time now that it's warmed up. Um. You said eight point nine. I just thought of something really full. Never mind. Is it a... Nope. Yep. (laughs) Just Mother Earth, Mother, brought back a genre. Never mind. This doesn't change the beer for me. It's it's about where it was. I like it. I like it too, a lot. Um, But uh, yeah, it's staying the same. Okay. So that was all for naught. Yeah. Um, Which is like a British person saying, it's all for net. All for net. Which is a a liqueur. I like liqueurs for net. I hate for net. It's very anisethy, isn't it? Very anis anis based. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it because it reminds me of Jaeger. I almost died. Yeah, the no, last time totally I drank does. Jaeger, I almost died. I've um, like literally. I've tasted Jaeger. I haven't actually had it though. Like I've, I don't know. I've, I never hit that that beat in my life. So the last time I drank Jaeger, me and like three other guys finished a handle. They have handles of Jaeger. Uh-huh. Huh. Uh huh. So we drank that, and then we decided it'd be a good idea to walk to the bar. Totally. That's what Jaeger does to you. He's like, yeah, we're we're good, bro. Oh yeah, we Let's can go, we can we, got this. we can do this. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and I shouldn't have done that. No. Uh, the last thing I remember was sitting around a, a campfire asking a chick if I could buy her a drink, mm. uh, every, and she kept saying, "I'm the designated driver," 
And I would just be like, well, oh. she was saying she is the designated driver? Yeah. Okay. She's like, I'm not drinking. I'm the designated driver. And I'm fucking hammered. And I would just forget about 10 seconds later. Sure. Be like, oh, that's cool. What are you studying in college? Can I get you a drink? <laughs> and this happened like six or seven times. And that's the last thing I remember. Yeah. Um, and I left the bar because I was slink- slugging cocktails after that. Right. Um, what bar was that? Uh, was it this little bar called the Optimo in oh, Paradise? Great. I didn't know they had bars in Paradise. Yeah, they've got a few. And they're all as awesome okay. as you would think. Right. Um, there was a campfire. That's all I have to say. Okay. Yeah, fair um, enough. Don't remember leaving the bar, but apparently I decided that I should. Um, and luckily my friends that were with me were a bit more responsible than I was at that point because I proceeded to fall down. Oh, no. And not get up. Yeah. In the middle of Skyway. I'm not saying this should be a segment because I know you don't like it when I just make segments. So I'm going to ask you, um, slash plug our Patreon, but would you be down to make uh, an episode on Patreon exclusively where we talked about um, our, uh, let's say, best nights drinking? Our finest moments? Yes. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. Write that down. I don't have my... All right. Our finest moments. Our on my hand finest moments. Our finest moments on my hand. I'm going to write Patreon too. On my hand. On my hand. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Can you idea. talk about Patreon real quick? Yeah. It's it's a place where you can go to give us money and support the That's podcast. That's not helpful. No. Uh, Patreon.com slash FHC. I think it's Fresh Hop Cinema. Is it Fresh Hop Cinema? Yeah. It's a, it is a way for you to help out our podcast. We, we uh, try to make our content better every week, um, which sometimes costs us money by sometimes. I mean all the time. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of great folks that are on there. Didn't we um, talk about this at the beginning? Or are we going to talk um, about this at the end? All of them. Both. But in case you yeah. missed either of those, yes. here's Patreon again. Yeah. It's just a way to, to help support us. And we give you cool things in return. Sometimes those are um, very specific episodes uh, like the one we just mentioned. Um, or if uh, shout out to Jimmy Larkin finally joins It'll be a new bottle share. We have bottle shares. Uh, we're going to have bottle shares more. Mm-hmm. That feels like something we should do. Yeah. Um, Schedules permitting. It's yes. just been hectic. So I think I think we, we, we've had one landmark where we were like, once we have this many people donating, we'll have an event. Mm-hmm. And now we're very, very, very close to the next landmark. Um, and so if you've been on the fence ever about donating, that'd be the way to do it. We have a great event. It'd be so fun. Um, might have a very secret venue lined up, which I haven't actually told you about, Johnny, mm. but um, could be really cool. So if you've if you've enjoyed the podcast for like the cost of a cup of coffee per month, Where, you can help us out tremendously. Is the secret location? I can't say. In my bedroom? It's not, though. It's not that. Are you sure? <laughs> Unless you guys are into that. If you want to have a bottle share in Johnny's bedroom. There's a party in my bedroom. Yep. Brick, are you trying to invite me to the party in your pants? <laughs> yes. We each get one Anchorman quote per episode. <laughs> Okay. Uh, anyways, okay, yes. So Patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. That's that. And I call that segment things that should have been at the beginning. Perfect. See? We're doing it. We're making segments. Boom, I love it. Boom, boom. What's that? That was the things that should be at the beginning jingle. Oh, there's a jingle. I just made up a jingle. You, what do you call that? Uh, boom. The, the boom, jingle. Boom. It's, jingle. Just, just, it's just the jingle. Jingle. Got it. Maybe jangle. Jingle. Hi- hyphen jangle. Jingle jangle. Slash. It's more Ooh. of a, it's a slash jangle. Hyphen. Boom, slash. Okay. Boom, boom. I'll do it later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Welcome back from the break. Here we are. <laughs> Did we just cut? God damn. No, I'm not cutting that. We're I'm just, terrible. I'm just trying to bring it back around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like yeah, we yeah. said, Mother Earth has not changed for us. It's a little bit warmer. Um, and you know what? 
didn't didn't call me back didn't write no yeah. don't don't appreciate being ignored Thanks, if mom. i was 18 i would have been like mother earth doesn't love me yeah but now i just don't care let's talk about our days now's the, so well or should we do it at the end I don't know. We always do it at the beginning. Any time other than the beginning just feels weird. Yeah. Like, why are we talking about our days at the beginning of an episode? Or in the middle? Yeah. It's weird now. So I think what we should do, actually, is, is is open up with this beer and then go into our days and then save the movie stuff for the very end. Okay. Um, so the middle section is all about me. I don't know how you... Yeah. I mean, yes. Almost all about you. Well, 50% at least. Sure. Well, and the beer. So like at least 30%. I don't know. Johnny picked out our beers this week. So like we said earlier, we only had one option for Mother Earth Brewing. So we had to go off theme. And we did find an Upland uh, Sour Ale Brewing uh, beer that we went with. and they Upland Sour Ale Brewing They beer. don't actually have brewing at the end. <laughs> Upland Sour Ales makes a beer, and they haven't had distribution in this area before. Yeah. Okay. No, I've never seen this beer for, show, for shelf on a for sale. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> for shelf on a sale. For sh- Yeah. You guys know me. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but this is a barrel-aged sour brown called Darken. Yeah. Um, and I've never had it. Have you? I have not. Uh, I thought it would be very appropriate just because this movie was really dark. Yeah. It just, I mean, it's kind of on the nose, but it's also accurate. I like tying it in. That was um, good. And if you read the description of their brewery, um, they take their beer really seriously. Um, the quote about art. Uh, a blended work of it? Yeah. Yes. They call their beer a blended work of art. Um, yeah, that's a lot of, that's good. So just thematically, it kind of fits. I mean, they definitely approach their craft in a very artistic way. Yeah, let me read you uh, what's on this bottle. Read me that bottle. Inspired by the Oud Bruin style. Is it Oud or Ode? Oud. Oud, that's that. Oud Bruin style, we created Darken, a blend of our brown sour base beer that features Munich and chocolate malts, that's interesting, mm. for roasty flavors and color. And turning candy sugar, candy spelled with an I, candy sugar and rye malt for a dry yet spicy finish. Spices, ginger, coriander, grains of paradise, star anise, and black pepper. And many months of fermentation in oak barrels produce unique flavors, resulting in a deep complexity that mirrors the beer's deep amber color. Hmm. Okay. It sounds complex. It sounds like I'm going to love it. So I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but sour brown ales might, they, they might be tying for like a Flanders style red for me. You love them. I love them. Yeah. But you hated the, the, the arch druid, the arch. I hated the arch druid. I, I don't know why, but I hated it. Cause you weren't expecting it. Maybe, but still, even when I was like, it was, um, it was not good. Yeah. I yeah. loved it. The clown shoes arch druid. Yeah. Last week for what it's worth. Yep. Um, I also really do like the, uh, I was gonna say album art. This is not an album, but the the what do you call it? the bottle art, the label or label art, I guess. Um, but it's very uh, like splatters of paint and really kind of cool, kind of abstract. Yeah, if you will, kind of like this movie. Yeah, very. You got to put your own spin on it. Very Kuleshov. Yeah, of it. I don't know who that is. But yeah, you sound. do because the time that we watched uh, a ghost story, we talked about the Kuleshov effect, which is in film where you uh, somebody says something. And then you pan to somebody else and you see the reaction to that thing. But in the movie, the person that we pan to oftentimes is the sheet. Mm. I was like, you put your own, uh, your own experiences oh, on it, right? Kuleshov. Yeah. Gotcha. K-U-L-E-S-H-O-V effect. It's very Russian. Yeah. And Kuleshov, the sheet expresses you. Oh, okay. Oh, we got to talk. Third, third segment of the show. Let's talk about Netflix again. 
Oh yeah. Because I have something else to talk about. Okay. So orange, is, orange is the new black. And Spartacus. Spartacus. And Glow, which and, is what I'll get to. Oh my God. Did you watch it? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pour yourself some of this. Tell me about your day, you son of a nutcracker. Right. So Johnny and I have had long days. Um, I came back from Reno today. I feel like this whole episode is really conveying that we've had long days. We're just pouring drinks left and We're right. We're pouring drinks. It's very disorganized. <laughs> Our formatting's all wonky. It's not great. Yeah. We're, but... It's not great, but damn it, we're beautiful. Yeah. So my Reno drive technically usually takes like two and a half hours, 245 tops. Today, that drive took me seven hours. Mm. Um, That's a lot longer. It's more. Yeah, it's yeah. more time. So what happened was I left Reno, um, and the way that I go is, is, is I-80, for what it's worth. And there was a huge stop in the traffic, and I was looking at my little Waze app, and it was like, there's a stop in traffic. And I'm like, I know that already. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sitting still. Yeah. I'm like, I need a detour. Mm-hmm. So I had this detour, and it turns out it was a legit detour. The like CHP was like, go this way. So I did, but it turns into like a two lane road. It's like a back thing. Um, anyways, I'm in that. And obviously I'm not the only one with this idea. So I'm in that line for like an hour and a half. And I finally get to the point where I'm supposed to merge back onto I-80 and it's still closed. Like it's closed at that point now. Like it was not closed there for a while. Then it was closed. Mm. And they're like, basically you just have to turn around and go back. Um, but then so many people have turned around and gone back that there's more traffic on the freeway going the other oh way. My God. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go another back road. And I turned around and went the other way. And I got back to basically where I started two and a half, three hours later, back in Reno, basically. Took a different route, went up seven, or down 70 or whatever, 89 to 70. Anyways, the whole drive took me like, like I said, seven hours. Um, I got home 30 minutes before we started recording tonight. Um, I, I'd like, my voice was gone because of the Reno dry air and singing 16 hours this week already. Yeah. Like just too much. Or I guess it wasn't 16, but I had 16 hours of like on stage time. There's like breaks in there, but still. Yeah. A lot of singing. You worked all week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I didn't exactly want was to have a super long drive that sucked up my entire day. I wanted to be more prepared for today. Um, but here we are. Yeah. And my day kind of ran really long too. It worked out really well because if he hadn't been late, I was going to be late. It did work out kind of well, huh? Yeah, we like you got home with enough time to unpack when, yeah. and I had to go get beer, and I showed up at your house, and you had been home for like twenty five minutes. Like it was, it couldn't have worked out better. Yeah, it was actually really nice. Yeah, and I would like to point out too that as in, inconvenient as it was for you being in traffic, mm. um, it was because of a major traffic accident yes, that's what i found out too like like there's a huge accident i don't i don't know what huge means in this scale but it's how it was described on the news um well f- what four people died right so when i was told to turn around and go the other way um i heard like the the two traffic directors like yelling at each other and they were talking about the accident and they were like yeah four people got killed or something and and it was that like i'd been sitting in traffic for and, and it was like snowing at this point i don't even we're not that into winter yet. Like it was a hundred degrees last week, mm-hmm. um, but there was a snowstorm, of course. Um, so I'm like, I'm not justifiably, but I'm angry. Yeah. You're a little right? grumpy. Like I'm losing my day and it's fine. I try to be positive, but I was, I hadn't eaten all day. I was like, I'll be home before I need to eat. Right. I was not. <laughs> um, so I'm hungry. I'm sitting in traffic. And then I'm like saying to this guy, Hey, can I just turn around and go the other way down these back roads? And he's like, just hurry up. And I was like, all right, great. So I turned. And then he like yells to his other dude, like four people died today or something like that. 
And that was, yeah, like you were saying, like a reality check. Like, my, my day's f***ing fine. Yeah. I don't care. Like an immediate slap yeah. in the face of perspective. Yeah, for like, sure. Oh, I've been in traffic. I can complain about nothing. I should Like I shouldn't complain about anything ever. Yeah. There's nothing wrong in my life, basically, it, compared it, to everything else. Anything wrong in your life is a minor inconvenience. Yeah, in at like best. the grand scheme. Or at worst, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and that's always nice to have that moment. It's a little bit of a humbling. Yeah. Like, whoa, maybe my problems of being mildly inconvenienced by some traffic. Yeah. You know, Don't matter at all. Someone's not going home to their family tonight. Yeah. You know, and as me and Max are on the road probably a lot. Yeah. Pretty man. close to as much. Yeah. I mean, different reasons, obviously. You drive you drive more consistently than I do. You drive every day. Yeah. I'm on the road every day, traveling fairly significant excuse me. Yes, I love that. Fairly significant uh distances and uh stuff like that always kind of freaks me out, you know, because it happens way too often. It happens a lot. And so often I feel like I'm just kind of Rolling the dice. Yep. You know? No, for real. Every time you... Well, this isn't new info, but anytime you get in the car, it's like, today could be it. Yeah, but for us, it's... Our chances are so much greater. Yeah. The we're, odds we're of always us being in an accident are so much higher just on... Based on how much we're on the road. You yeah. know, it's... I think about it all the time. And I th- I'd like to think it makes me a, a more conscientious driver... It does, but it doesn't make anybody else more conscientious. That's the Everybody problem. Everybody is the exact same. Everybody else is trying to kill me. Yeah, it sucks. It's really annoying. Uh, I was driving from Oroville to Chico, saw an accident at a state's drive. Like somebody... Right there, That huh? stoplight, okay? Somebody rear-ended somebody because they were probably texting on their phone yep. and just smashed someone's car. Yeah, man. I, okay, driving back to Oroville from Chico, same thing happened. But going in the opposite direction, somebody mm-hmm. smashed into mm-hmm. the back of someone. Uh, it's like I after that, I started like driving all the way out through Durham to oh, get really? on the freeway. Yeah, just because at that time of morning, there's such an, a drastic commute, like to Oroville and did the Butte College main yeah, campus. Right. And everyone's it's all in, like like eighteen year olds, and everyone's in a hurry. Yep, everyone's running late, and so if you drive out to Durham and catch that on ramp. You've eliminated all of that traffic. Yeah. And then it cuts to 70 only, not 99. So that split right there. Right. And it thins out like immediately. And I'm like, I'll take the extra five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, like how much that reduces my chances of getting in an accident percentage wise. Just because like just, the drive through Durham, it's just like a field. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to think of it. But yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Like infinitely increases your it's chances gotta, of right? not dying. Yeah. You it, really darkened this conversation. That's fine. You like that? I like it because okay. this beer has darkened my mood. Did you taste it? I did. How are you always before me? Yeah. What'd you think? I like it. It's it's almost spicy. No, it should be, right? Yeah. It's it's very um, fragrant and it's very seasoned. Like it almost maybe some nutmeg. Oh, it smells so good. It's really good. Like this beer is magnificent. My favorite sour brown is is the 2013 La Folie okay. in New Belgium. Oh, yeah, yeah, Very good. Yep, the sour brown. Yeah, it's so good. Yep. Uh, 14 is pretty good, too. Nice. I haven't had the other ones, but this is this smells it's very similar. I'm going to taste it now. Okay. If you want to fill that silence, you're Yeah, so my day went a little long just because I, I start work every day. I leave the house at like 7 a.m., and I basically work from 7 to 5-ish. That is spicy. Yeah, right? Like holiday spicy. Yeah. Like you're saying nutmeg or like, yeah. like anise, like they were saying in the bottle. This would be a great Thanksgiving beer. It, it's not, sorry to, I'm sorry. Were you still talking about your day? Yeah, it's fine. I just had, a, I worked late. 
Yeah, that's the whole of my story. Yeah. But it was kind of cool because I got to, as I may have mentioned, I work for a brewery now. You did not mention that today. Okay, but I mentioned it like when I got the job, right? Yeah, I don't think you were that specific. You work for a brewery. Yeah. that was news to me kind of today. Yeah. I thought, yeah. No, I I work for Feather Falls Brewing Company now. Not the casino. No. Okay. Well, it's in the casino. Not the brewery. Yeah. The brewery itself is in the casino. 100%. That's wild. Yep. Okay. But yeah, we're a self-contained brewery inside of a casino. What's your best beer? Uh, Our number one seller is Naughty Native. It's a a single IPA. Uh, It's delicious. Okay. Um, And then our second best seller is probably a Volcano uh, Mudslide Sweet Stout. Well, how can we get those? I'll Here, just bring bottles. Bring some. Yeah, they Let's have them everywhere. Like we're we've got pretty good distribution right. in this area, um, but it's really fun working for a smaller company. You know. Yeah, I bet, man. You because you, your last job, how long were you at? Three years. Three years. Yeah, and uh, it's really cool. The the head brewer where I work now you, used to be um, either I believe that uh, one of the assistant head brewers at Sierra Nevada worked directly oh, with, really? with Ken Grossman. Huh? Yeah, he, he was like one of I think he was the seventh employee. Or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like back in the day? Like back in the day. That's insane. Yeah. So dude knows his stuff and cranking out some really solid beers. Yeah, man. I'd love, I haven't had any of them. I don't, I don't think. I don't know if I want to do them all on the show, but okay. like for sure, I'll bring over sure. some beers cool. and we'll try them out. Um, just cause I'd like to keep somewhat of a professional That's fair. separation. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you know, working for a small company, you kind of, you sometimes you have to drive all over the place to pick up slack and there's only so many of us and there's beer events all the mm-hmm. time. And I had to set up for uh, an Oroville, like a chamber of commerce event right. tonight. Today. Tonight. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it was this, it was in the back of this like RV resort. Um, what is an RV resort? So it's, it's like an RV, it's like a, like a trailer park, mm-hmm. but it's f- like specifically for RVs. So it's made for people like passing through and it's usually really nicely landscaped. Sometimes there's some activities around it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a motel without rooms. Yeah, so, okay. Like imagine if you stayed at like a nice, not bed and breakfast, but someplace with like a yard, like a nice campground. Okay. It's kind of what it is, really. It's sure. a nice campground. But behind this this RV campground, there's this park along the Sacramento or the Feather River. Yeah. Like literally like 30 feet from the Sacramento River. They're having this this barbecue event. And it was kind of cool. I got to just set up a booth and a jockey box and all kinds of stuff and hang out by the river for an hour. Yeah. It was just weird, like a weird thing to do at the end of the day. But yeah. It's nice. That's why I like working for a brewery. It's kind of always up in the air. Sure. I Fair might, enough. I might help them bottle beer tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. You have work tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Friday. But yeah, so that's why my day went long. And then I got back to the casino and it was like, 30 and I realized I hadn't eaten all day. Yes. I'm like I should hit the buffet. Yeah. Yeah. So um well let's circle back to this beer shall we? What do you what do you think about it now that you've had a chance to let it settle? It's really unique. It is really unique. I don't think I've ever had a beer that tastes like this. I've never had a sour brown that was so spicy. That's a trip man. Yeah. Um but I dig it a lot. No this is a, a treat. Everything I've ever had from them has been immaculate. Like they really make quality beer. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that I've had. Maybe I've tried their stuff, but I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I can't imagine you've tried any of their stuff. We didn't say this at the beginning, but they're based in Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah. Um, and they make um, their sour beers. They're obviously known for their sour. All mm. their beers are sour, but they're known for like their pawpaw sour. And What's then they that? have a kiwi. Oh. It's a tropical fruit, but they're wow. kiwi sour. They're wild. So good. 
They they are. You're pretty sure all sours. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. This is good because it says Upland Sour Ales. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. that's their jammy jam. Uh, yeah. So I mean, overall, this beer is incredibly unique. One, it's not as sour as I thought it was going to be. No, not at all. Not even close. But I mean, obviously, there is a pretty big sour element. Not to like convince you guys that don't like sour. Some people don't like sours. You'll hate this beer because it is it is sour a little bit. But but yeah, for me, I don't even notice not, the sourness. Yeah, it's not back in your lymph nodes like no. uh, some some are. Yeah, it's got a weird like a like almost a tobaccoy kind of finish. Tobaccoy. I get. You've ever had mold wine? Um, is that just hot wine? No, it's got spices in it. They have okay. like mulling seasonings. Oh, I have I have a kit. Yeah, I've never made it. It's really good. You make it in like a crock pot or yes. like, or like you mold. just kind of steam. It's like tea, right? You yeah. have your wine and you like, add your like tea. I like uh, like mold spice cider yeah. with like okay. a, yes, with like a spiced rum in mm-hmm. it or something. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of something like that. Yeah. Like this beer is super seasonal. Oh, that's a really, no, I like the, the mold wine. That's a good, that's a good comparison. Cause it is, it's got like a nice tartness that you yeah. would get from, but I, I, I would, I would strain to call this sour. No, exactly. That's why I say it's really not on the sour side at all. Sweet and tart and spicy. Very, very good. How much was this bottle? This is a 500 milliliter bottle. Not uh, quite I want to say it was in like the $14 range. Okay. Yeah, it's a 500 milliliter, but just the rarity of this beer alone, um, it it's 100% worth it. But uh, tell me if, if you agree, but I really, from doing this for a long time and just trying different stuff, you can taste quality. Like that, you, yeah, that th- seems... That seems- that seems accurate. Yeah. To, to like, an extent. When you taste this, can you just tell that it's of a higher caliber than some craft beers? And it's not just tasting it. Like it's even the presentation of this bottle. Like the, it's, it's not a, it's not a bottle. It's not a throwaway design. Like they spent time making this. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's 500 mil, like that's a very specific choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they do a really good job marketing and the beer is pretty damn good, dude. Yeah. Like you can taste the quality. You can taste the care yeah. that they took to pick the ingredients. Like, I don't know. It's it's like playing a guitar that's like a, a squire to a fender. Right. You know what I mean? Did you know the squire is a branch of fender? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's just like the production, the cheap production model with mm-hmm. shittier ingre- mm-hmm. ingredients, components. That works. Yeah. Ingredients yeah. works. The, the guitar ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but this is this is real good. Yeah. Um. This is like this is like playing a Gibson. This is a good night of beer. It is. Yeah, I like both of these, but I like this one more than the Mother Earth. Yeah. You too or no? Mm. They're so different. They are. I like this one more than the other one, just on the fact that it's so unique. Mm-hmm. I've never tasted this beer. Surprises me. Yep. Never tasted anything like this. Beer. No, it's wild, man. Uh, and I've been doing this for a long time. I've drank a lot of beers. Yeah. Personally and professionally, and um, I really enjoy being surprised. There's a there's a part of me when I smell it that is almost like, is this a red? Right, but it's not. Then you you settle into the spice and you you kind yeah. of breathe out, and then you get you get all that kind of nutmeggy and cinnamon and dare I say cardamom. I hate cardamom, but I get a little bit of it. A little bit. It doesn't. And jump a little out. cloves. Yeah, you get cloves. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, this beer, I, it was kind of an impulse pick just because it kind of reminded me of the movie. Mm-hmm. But as I drink it, I definitely realized that it it is a parallel to the movie. I didn't know what to expect. It was kind of surprising. And then you liked it. And then I liked yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, shoot, give me, give me, well, again, I will make this proposition to you. Why don't we rate this beer, take another short break, uh, come back, finish up uh, the movie Mother. Danger Zone. Highway to the Mother Danger movie. Zone. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, you good with that? 
Uh, I was drinking deeply. I'm gonna go first. Drink deeply of this beer. This is like a 9.2 for me. It's uh, this is a damn good like, beer. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I would. Yeah, recommend this to anybody. This is well, not anybody, but uh, no, to anybody. No, this is a 9.5. Try this. I'm giving it a 9.5. It's a real good beer. Um, phenomenal. Yeah, I don't think I've found one thing I dislike about this beer. You know? Yeah. Well, then why is it not a 10? You know, that's my philosophy. Because I feel like the 10 should be reserved for... A perfect beer. A perfect beer. But you have nothing bad with this beer, so isn't that the definition of perfect? There's yeah, nothing wrong? I guess. I just don't give out a lot of 10s, but I mean, stylistically, I can't think of a... It's, a, there's it's the no, most interesting sour brown I've had. There's no sour brown that I have ever enjoyed more. So yeah, fuck it. It's a 10. Let's go. Yeah. It's a 10. Uh, I... Let me... I'm going to taste it one more time. Okay. But... And I want you to tell me why it is not a 10. Yeah, man, I don't know. It's so nice. Hmm. I would have no problem drinking this whole bottle. Yeah, which is a crazy thing to say about a sour. Exactly. Like that's that's a big that's, that's a big a, amount of praise. That is a huge thumbs up to this beer. Also, I'm gonna get you. There's a whole pile of paper right there. Yeah, sorry. You're covering your I just hand didn't, in ink. I just didn't grab any. It's fine. It's literally within arm's reach. Um, no, this is this is close to perfect. Yeah. Um, but there's something that's not quite like I didn't taste it and immediately want to set my cup down and be like, this is the best thing ever. Um, and I'm having a hard time putting my, my tongue on it, if you will. You want some more in your cup? No, I'm good. Why don't we begin? It sounds just like that, right? Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> shoot, man. No, I don't know. Um, this feels like a cop out, but, um, it's just not a 10 for me. Why not? I don't know, but there's something like. I, I off the top just, of my head, I don't know what beers I've rated as tens, but this is it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like a ten. Yeah. Um I well, can't pinpoint it, but it's it's up there, like a nine point two, nine, maybe even a nine point five. It's real good. Yeah. Um it just doesn't it doesn't there's something it's missing. Okay. Um and I'm not sure what. Hmm. But we'll uh maybe we'll figure it out on this break. Um in the meantime, one more time for a spoiler alert ahead, we're gonna talk about mother in all of its uh specificities. Yeah, we're getting into the danger zone. So stick around. We'll be right back. I need an adult. Wait, what? You need an adult? I need an adult. We are adults, damn it. I need another one. Be right back. Johnny, I have bad news. What is the bad news? All of my podcasts are gone. They're just gone from my phone. I'm out of podcasts. Well, you ate them? What happened? They're just gone. I don't know, man. I need something else to listen to. You have any ideas? Yeah, you should for sure listen to a book. What do you mean? This is like an audio book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like reading, but you don't have to read. You can do stuff with your hands while you're doing it. Yeah, it's like getting read a story. Where can I get one of those? Um, you're going to want to go to Audible and check it out. I've heard of Audible. They have over 180,000 titles, don't they? That's correct, and it's available on any smartphone. And right now, for listeners of this podcast, we have a special promo with them. If you go to audibletrial.com slash FHC, you get a free 30-day trial and a risk-free download of any book you want. That's insane. Here's the thing, though. I, I'm sure I'll love it, but if I don't love it, can I keep my download? If you decide you don't want your Audible subscription, you can cancel anytime within 30 days and keep the free book. Well, that's crazy. I'm just going to go over to audibletrial.com slash FHC and get that download now. I highly recommend you do. Guys, welcome back to Fresh Up Cinema, where we are like big brother, always watching movies. Mm-hmm. 
You like that one? Yeah. I say welcome back to the Big Brother, where we're like canned ham. Wait, oh. you can't welcome back to Big Brother then. You gotta welcome back to Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome back Fresh Hop Cinema, <laughs> where we're like canned ham. Always satisfying. I hope we get people writing in like canned ham is gross. If you want to write in, you should write your things that you yes. have to say on the outside of a prepackaged ham well, what i was gonna say and then send it to me so i can eat it you should write so that's the other thing i posted on facebook no one's ever emailed us don't even start people actually have emailed us now by the way yeah it's a thing no they haven't fhccast at gmail.com those, but i get those emails too well yeah you know yeah. let me just you know, <laughs> thing. oh you mean oh wait no we did get like seven we've gotten a few emails in our time, in our whole almost year. By the way, shout out to our, next week will be our one year anniversary. Surprises are okay. coming. Um, but no, we are making these little taglines to say either at the beginning of the episodes or after breaks. Or just like whenever. Yeah, like welcome to Fresh Up Cinema where we are blank. Okay, wait, hold on. Yep. Before we begin, you're in the danger zone. Oh yeah, we're here. Good call. No shits will be given about any fucks that are about to happen. So you, I feel like you're taking it more on like the swearing route, which is fine because I'm not editing at this well, point. Well, no, but that, we made a point of that. Also, we need to let the people know what they're in for. Yes. So once again, if you've uh, if you've been listening this whole time and you forgot what movie we're talking about, it's Mother. Fucker. Just Mother, though, in the title of the movie. <laughs> and uh, we're going to spoil stuff. So if you're waiting to see the movie and you don't want to hear spoilers, pause this, go watch the movie, come back, and then we can pick up from where we left off. Yeah. I'm not waiting the time it takes you to go, though. No, we're going to keep going. That's you're the gonna, magic of technology. You know, take it upon yourself to push pause because we don't have that kind of time. So that said, in the next, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, we're going to try to wrap our brains around the adventure that this movie was. Dear, dear God in heaven. Uh, what okay. I was going to say is if you have any ideas for what we could use to complete those sentences, we would love to give you credit. Yeah. Check out our Facebook page. Yes. We shared that. Drop it in the comments. Yeah. We got a bunch. Uh, I want at least 25 more. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's push this thing as far as it can go. But the thing is, it has to work both ways. Like, um, it has to, the last line has to make sense with the first line. So. Yeah. It has to be a cohesive joke. Have you guys ever heard jokes? They have a punchline. Yeah, they've got like, a setup. Uh, they got a setup and a punchline. For it's example, a, it's a really easy two-part process. Like we've really knuckled down on the structure of our show. So one that I came up with was like, "Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema." We're like a sexy stud muffin at the gym, always trying to tighten things up. Mm. That sort of thing. So if you have ideas, if you're a creative person, if you're not and you still want to do this, just you know, drop it on Facebook. Send us an email again, yeah. FHCcast. Or just yeah, drop it Whatever. on Facebook, send the nudes to FHCcast. Perfect. Call back. Kind yeah, of. Kind of. Uh, so mother. 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 Dear God in heaven. Um, okay. I don't really know where to begin with this. Um, we both decided that we mostly like it. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you take away from this? No, Javier Bardem was Jesus. No. No. If we're okay, so so I don't know, man. Like, so here, this is what confusion? I was curious about because you and I have very different backgrounds, right? Kind I of. I was very Catholic my whole life. Like, I, was I was raised in Catholic school. I was raised super conservative Christian. Okay, well, I think you're missing stuff then. And let yeah, me because of the Catholic thing. Well, no, just I think just like let me make a case for the religious aspects of this movie. Um, it's very easy to watch this film as a story of the Bible. Interesting. Um, in that, so you have characters in this movie. You have Jennifer Lawrence, you have Javier Bardem. Um, and if you stuck around for the credits, it's worth noting that the only character with a capitalized name 
is Javier Bardem. His name is him. The only other time you ever see him capitalized is in the Bible. Yeah, it's and obviously- It's a reference to God. Yeah. Um, and if you take, let's take away the Trinity thing. Let's just say there's God as one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because the Trinity is all three of them right, in one. So right. Yeah. But this, this, this it, it's kind of weird the way that they frame this because it's not exactly cohesive. Um, I saw this movie with a friend named Kevin. And Kevin, who is is has a very even current religious background, um, had some great insights. And I think he said something along the lines of, um, this movie is is telling the story of what humans perceive the Bible story to be and not what God intended sort of hmm. thing, which really resonated with me. I think that was a really good insight. But That's an interesting take. Yeah. And you could view this movie as- Good work, Kevin. Yeah, right. Um, there's this poet, right? That's Javier Bardem. And he is a creator, let's say that, mm-hmm. um, which is easily God. Yeah. Sure, we'll say that. That's a not a far-fetching metaphor. And then you have another character called Mother. Uh, let's say there's an environmental aspect to this movie. The, n- the most natural attribution is Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have God, you have Mother Earth. At some point in this movie, Jennifer Lawrence's character gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. If I think about the Bible, there's one time that God has put a baby on earth and that baby is Jesus. Mm-hmm. In the Catholic tradition, uh, the, the, the practice of penance and being forgiven for your sins, eating the body and blood of Christ. Mm. Does that check out with you? Whoa. Right. Okay. So yeah. there's all these other things in the movie that come up. So we basically have these two characters, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. And then slowly but surely they are invaded by these increasingly unwelcome house guests. Can which, I? I have an interesting... Yeah. Uh, halfway through the movie, I was like, they're in his they're in his novel. Sure. Yeah, totally. Did you ever have that moment? Oh, definitely. Okay. So the way that I viewed it was more like his... his po- I would say poem, but novel, whatever he's writing. Right. Is like the story of mankind. Okay. Um, and I don't know how familiar you are to this day with the Bible, but um, certainly I would imagine with the Adam and Eve story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the beginning there was nothing, but then God created. So it's important to note too, in this movie, like it starts off, um, with an image of a woman burning, maybe Jennifer Lawrence, maybe not. No, it was his mother. We don't know. No, we know. Here's what I'm going to say though. It's maybe it's, let's just say it's a woman for now and we can circle back around. Okay. She's burning, um, in the ashes of this, he picks out this, uh, this, this crystal diamond looking thing. And he sets in this little stand, and then everything kind of resets. Mm-hmm. The house kind of restores itself from being burned. Um, somebody in his bed is like from the ashes is now back, and that's Jennifer Lawrence. Um, from there, we kind of get this thing, and it's just the two of them for a while. But then at some point, Ed Harris's character comes knocking on the door. Um, and in this religious example, I will say he's Adam uh, of Adam and Eve. And then later on, his wife shows up, Michelle Pfeiffer. And um, it's the two of them for a bit. They are very sexual, almost uncomfortably. Yeah. Not unlike Adam and Eve when they finally realize their humanity and they're they're naked. Oh my gosh, no, don't look. Um, and then and then this dude shows up, right? Their their son shows up, mm-hmm. uh, followed shortly by their other son. And this whole situation is very awkward. It's extremely awkward. And in the context of the movie, like. The dad has signed a will that screws one son out of another thing. I think it's fair to mention, uh, preface a little bit with uh, Jennifer Lawrence's relationship with her house and her environment. For sure. And that kind of ties into your whole Mother Earth take on it. Sure. Because that was her environment. And mm-hmm. she was nourishing it. It was growing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she was very connected to the house because she remodeled the whole thing front to back. Yeah. Um, it was her pride. Yep. You know, I guess uh, I'm sort of taking this to, I'm, I'm explaining things from the perspective of people having seen this movie, but if you haven't, um, yeah, let's, let's get a little bit more broad. Yeah. I guess we have to, um, from a literal perspective, their marriage is not, did we say this at the beginning? Their marriage is not great. You mentioned that they aren't having sex, but there was really no context at all. There's like a lack of inspiration for him and he's a poet and that's his thing. And, um, he can't write. He's having this big block for some reason. And he had had past success. They established this. Um, but they're living in this house that was his, uh, it's his home. That's all we really get. It's his home and her entire role. Childhood home. Yes. Because it burned down. Mm-hmm. They kind of mentioned that, like it burned down, he lost everything, including yes. his mother. Which, and this is one of those times where like, if you're reading this from a biblical perspective, it's not really that, like it doesn't fit necessarily. There's some things that just don't fit. Yeah. Um, well, that's because I think the the biblical side of it is like one part of it, but I don't think it's the entirety. Yeah, man. And that's what I do like about this movie is that um, it could be like, you could read it completely that way. You could read it as an environmental activism stance, or you could just read it as like a a messed up couple. Yeah. That'd be be tough. There's, there's metaphors on metaphors on metaphors in this movie. That's like the whole point, I think. Yeah. I I think too, like, I don't know of all the movies we've done recently where we spoil the endings. This is a tough one to describe without our listeners having seen it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I don't think in a position to really break it down to people that haven't. So if you're curious about this, I would recommend seeing it because otherwise none of this is going to really connect. Yeah. And I think we could spend probably three hours. We could spend a ton of time. Like talking about the details of this movie and all the odd things that happened. And then as it progresses, and then there's one sequence that I'm sure you're thinking of towards the end that just got really jumbled. I'm gonna. I, I don't mean to do this, but I'm gonna make a third Anchorman quote. Okay. And Wait. I'm what was your say, second one? Uh, I made one. You made one. Yeah. So a third for the show. Okay. This episode's third. Yes. Gotcha. And I'm gonna say, wow, that escalated quickly. <laughs> escalated so quickly. Yeah. Well, um, that really got out of hand. But let me let me uh, emphasize this fact, right? So like. You have these two. Let's say God, let's say Mother Earth, let's say Adam and Eve show up. I think we should just kind of break it down a bit more simplistically uh, because I wasn't really watching it through the whole religious angle. And But yeah, I mean, you yeah. can say that, but it's it's, 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 it's vague in the beginning, but it's, it, it's so hard for me not to make, yeah. make that connection by the end. Yeah. Because you do have the situation like you have the two brothers show up. One brother gets jealous of the other, mm-hmm. murders him. A la Cain and Abel. Yeah. It's like, it's it's so, and at that point I was like, okay, this is clearly Bible. Mm. Um, and, and the movie progresses into like this. this. Um, See, I think I've just been so far removed from that that kind of culture and way of thinking. I just, that's not where my mind goes. And that's what I was guessing too. I, I figured it wouldn't connect with you in that way. I No, yeah, towards the end, yeah. Mm. Like there was parts obviously where I was like, okay, this is, but I didn't even think about it that early mm. with the brothers, like a Cain and Abel type oh, really? situation. Yeah. I didn't even really pick up on that. Interesting. Th- it's just so far from my, my everyday train of thought. I guess so. Yeah. I, I think maybe it's just ingrained in me. And, um, well, you went to Catholic school, right. man. Well, I mean, like I st- I've studied the Bible extensively. Yeah. So have I, but also um, like you went to Catholic school and you were taught by nuns. No, no, no. Isn't that Catholic, not that school? Catholic school? That's, I think that's, maybe that's still a thing. It was not my thing. Oh, okay. Um, but no, I had like regular... Nuns are people, but like other people, like regular people. Just like normal teachers, yes. not nuns. No. Okay. But we did have like extensive, That's like, f- and it wasn't just the Bible. Like we learned about the Quran. Mm. Um, 
That's good to mention, though, because when I hear Catholic school, I think of someone being taught by nuns. Nuns and rulers and yeah. whacking your knuckles. All right, calm the down. Torah. Uh, what What was that song? Uh, Death Cap for Cutie. Yeah, yeah. calm down, That's Death Cap for Cutie. About, yeah. um, Got my knuckles slapped. Yeah. Anyways, but Man. no, it was it was it was brazenly obvious, almost to the point where I felt insulted. Like I, because I, this doesn't start to be very apparent until the end, where like she's finally they've had some marriage issues where she hasn't been able to have kids, or they he hasn't had sex with her basically. Yeah, um, and he's got writer's block, and then all of a sudden Ed Harris shows up. I feel and, like we should take this a bit more chronologically. I agree. With you. I agree. We're getting all over the place, yep. which is easy to do with yes. a movie that's fucking wild. Yeah. Um. So chronologically, let's let's just break it down. Okay. As the movie progressed. I think the last place I left off was like, he puts the diamond back, the house restores itself. Yeah, that was kind of at the beginning. It was very And then Jennifer Lawrence pops up, and you see him trying to work, and you see her rebuilding the house. Um, What, the second night we see them? Basically, we're observing them, Mm -hmm. kind of just living with them. Nothing too terribly out of the ordinary. There is a point made in the beginning where she tries to... um, I, I don't seduce know. him? No, not even that. But like, hug him or be affectionate, and he's like, "I better, I better go and do. I better shower. I better try to work." Mm-hmm. There's a very clear and delineated. She thing got, where sh- she, yeah, he's not having she it. She got shrugged for off. whatever reason. Okay, yeah. that's important. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's a, an indicator as to their sexless marriage. Yes, uh, for whatever reason. And there's there's a big parallel drawn between like sexual activity and inspiration in this. Mm, yes. um, later on in the movie, they do finally reconnect, and it immediately it triggers his creativity. Yeah, so that's, that's probably important. Mm-hmm. We got to keep the pipes clear, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Stifled. Um, but yeah, they are having they have some troubles, and and her whole existence is based around uh, kind of restoring this house and making sure he has what he needs. Mm-hmm. She's a very mothering, caretaking. Mm-hmm. She's very sensitive too. That's what I noticed. She's, yeah, she's super sensitive mm-hmm. in this movie. She cried what like probably eight times. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. Back to the the cinematography aspect, like those close shots, so powerful. Um, a lot of the a lot of the really close ups of her eyes are intertwined with um, a cutaway to what we perceive to be like the heart of this home. Yeah, we go through the walls and we see like a beating heart. Okay, yeah, very abstract, but very mm-hmm. like vision like. It's pretty cool. Um, but sure enough, somebody shows up. There's a knock on the door, and they make a point to say like they live here alone. They're ex- they're they're uh, secluded from society. Like they spend all their time here. Mm-hmm. Um. And Ed Harris's character shows up, and I don't recall off the top of my head who he's billed as in the credits, but um, the man, probably the man. Yeah. And and his thing is like, we either I'm I'm a doctor, I'm a I'm a pediatrician or orthopedic surgeon, a pediatric surgeon. Um, and we thought this was a bed and breakfast. Can I stay here? And Javier Bardem was like, of course you can stay here. Perfect. And Jennifer Lawrence is like, I don't know. And okay. she kind of sees it as him trying to find inspiration. Yeah, like you need to. He needs to spice life up or something like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's worth noting too, he's like super not um a good house guest. <laughs> no, and it's it's fair to mention as well that Javier Bardem doesn't talk to his wife about any of these no. things. Any decision that he made in this movie, it's just a surprise and to the audience than, and his wife. And more than that, he plays it off like, Well, obviously this is what we should yeah, do. I didn't of course I would ask him to yeah, stay. I didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah. It was just being polite. Like and then it's completely inconveniencing her in every yes. way. And at one point, like Ed Harris lights up a cigarette and Jennifer Lawrence is like, that's, I'm just going to go by actors' names at this point. Yeah. The, okay. Lights up a cigarette. She goes, oh, we don't smoke. He goes, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, no, we don't smoke in the house. And he's like, oh, sorry, whatever. Yeah. Very like, and later on he smokes in the house again. Multiple times. Whatever. Um, can we jump to his wife showing up? Oh, yeah. Remember, okay. There's not much important in there other than that. Right. 
Um, so then it, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Ed Harris's wife, shows up and like uninvited as far as we can tell. But Javier Bardem was like, great on, you know, come on in. Great. And Jennifer Lawrence like, did you know he had a wife? And he's like, no. Yeah. Now they're here. And it's like a thing. And they are way too sexual. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. And they're kind of old people too. So it's like. Yeah. It's uh, even weirder. Yeah. Old people having sex all the time. Ah, it's gross. <laughs> yeah. But no, they're like, they're really like, like at the, at the breakfast table, like they start making out. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah. And one of them, Bardem or Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence is eventually like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh yeah. hi, hi guys. So they bring them back and they have a conversation about having kids. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we have two kids. Have you guys ever had kids? And Javier Bardem straight away is like, we want to. And you see Jennifer Lawrence's face like, I, something is not exactly Obviously, that. like immediately uncomfortable. Yes. Um, which which leads to this relationship between Michelle Pfeiffer and Jennifer Lawrence that is... Um, Strained at best. Yes. Very... Probably worse. One-sided. Yeah, like she, Michelle Pfeiffer's is very um, obtuse... No boundaries. Not at all. Like just, just asking questions that are not like it's, it's like how's your sex life? Yeah. It's what? Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot to sum up in this movie. Yeah. Well, the, the overall, the first half of this movie, it's generating, um, an idea and a feeling of discomfort and, um, your own personal space being violated Mm -hmm. and being invaded and just uncomfortable in every way imaginable. Yeah. The film does a good job connecting you. Like you, you do get drawn into Jennifer Lawrence's character um, as, as like a sense of self. Like that's where we are comfortable as audience members, as her perspective. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, people start coming in and it's like, what do you, you don't belong here. You yeah. Need to leave. And I'm such a homebody. Yeah. This movie freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. Like I'm, this is my home. This is my home time. Like yeah. I got that. I, I identified with her so much yeah. from that aspect. But the movie does take a turn. Eventually, there's mention of, of Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris's kids. And one of them shows up, and he seems a little more put together. Wait. Yep. She's super pregnant at that point. Mm, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. No? No. Yeah, because when they're fighting, then no? No. It's So they sh- they show up. There's two sons that show up, right? Are you sure she's not pregnant? I am sure, yeah. Okay. Um. The two sons show up. They get in a fight about the dad's will. Um, it turns into a huge conflict. Um, and these are, by the way, the the Gleason brothers, which I didn't even know were brothers. There's Domino Gleason, who has been in a ton of things. He was in uh, Ex Machina. He was in The Revenant. Mm. He's been in a, in a lot of stuff. No, he's kidding. the ginger fella. Yeah, I guess he has a brother. Huh. And those were real brothers. In oh the, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, one of them kills the other. It's very dramatic, kind of an accident, kind of not. Everybody leaves. Jennifer Lawrence is like to Javier Bardem, like, don't leave me. Stay here with me. He's like, no, I need to do this for these people. Whatever. Because at the time, the son hadn't died yet. Right. He was still breathing. The yeah, he's carrying yeah. him to the hospital, basically. Um, so then she's all alone. She's alone in this house, like mopping up this blood. Um, I'm just going to leave out the stuff with the house heart thing. I know it's important, but there's so much here. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta we gotta skim over like, some stuff. Like the, the the brother that murdered the other brother shows up again. He's like, I forgot my wallet or something. Good luck. Javier Bardem shows up, and he's like, Hey, couldn't help it. I just invited all of their friends over and family for like this morning. No, ceremony. he didn't mention that. Oh, that's true. No, he mentions just nothing. Up, huh? That's the night. No. 
That's not the there's, night that there's they... two nights like this. Okay. The first night is less extreme. Yeah. And this is where I think the pregnancy thing is different in okay. our brains. So like he shows back up, then Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer show up again. After they've gone to bed. Uh, yes. And then yeah. he gets out of bed and he's like, all right, here we go. And they're like and mourning she, the loss of their son. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, they didn't have anywhere to go. Exactly. Which doesn't make any sense. I, I don't. Yeah. Have to is there no that. other places in this world? Yeah. So, well, yeah, maybe, maybe this is the world. Maybe the house is earth, whatever. Maybe. Um, anyways, that's, that's all so these people meta. start showing up. Yeah. And Jennifer Lawrence is like, you, this is crazy. They're not also good house guests. Like they're sitting on, this is the main point that keeps coming up. Like the sink is not braced. Mm -hmm. People keep sitting on it. She's like, get off the sink. Also, there's a huge theme of like misogyny in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, some, like all the guys are super horny in this. They keep trying to have sex all over the house. A lot of them try to come on to Jennifer Lawrence. And there's like this unrequited rage that happens. Like she gets it on my guys. She's like, no, this is my house. This is my husband. And this one guy in particular, he's like a, like a, a, a I don't know, Guido kind of bro kind of dude. Yeah. He's like, like a, you should take like a, walk a wall street. You should take bro. a walk with me. Right. And he's like, no, you have no idea what I could do for you. And she's like, I don't want this. And he, and this is like the first time you hear the language of this. He's like, you're, you just fucking cunt. Like you fucking bitch. You don't deserve that. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, he's like, get out of my face. It's crazy. It was super like, whoa. Yes. And anyways, the people that have been sitting on the sink this whole time break the sink. They're like, this seems fine. They snap it. Well, and it's fair to mention, too, that there's um, there's a sense of insanity in the fact that, like, she's people are doing behaviors over and over yeah. in a weird way. And, like, at one and point. And she's the only one that sees it. And at one point, she's like, you guys need to go downstairs to just a couple people. Mm -hmm. And this person looks her dead in the eye and says, oh, you mean this way? And like points down the stairs, like mm. no shit. Oh yeah, down like just the creep, stairs. just creepy stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I remember like, that. That was weird. Oh, and it, that type of thing like makes you uncomfortable. Like yeah. imagine you're in a situation yeah. where like everyone's communicating wrong. That's just creepy, dude. No, it's weird, man. Yeah, uh, but there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, and it's 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 almost like like you're saying it's uncomfortable and it's weird, and it's those hints throughout the movie. It's like something's not exactly normal here. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyways, the people sit on the sink, they break the sink, there's a huge water leak, everybody leaves, and it's important to note that Javier Bardem's like, no, don't leave, you should stay, we'll fix it, but they leave anyways. Then, he and Jennifer Lawrence get in a huge fight, mm -hmm. and she's like, it's not okay, people are doing this, you don't seem to care, you can't even touch me, mm -hmm. basically. And then, there's like a pseudo, almost rapey scene that happens between the two of them, but then she's okay with it, and then they, they make love, the next morning, she's like... I'm pregnant. Yeah, the sun rises and there's this glint in her eyes. And she's, she's like, like, I just know I'm pregnant. Bing. He jumps out of bed. He's like, this is amazing. I'm finally inspired again. I am inspired. I can write. I can write. Um, Javier Bardem, as an actor, is a very imposing figure. He's very masculine. He's big. He's, he takes up a lot, of, he, a lot of room on the screen. He drips machismo. Sure, yeah. Um, so like, there's this image of like seeing him naked. At a coffee table, like on the ground, just like writing furiously that yeah. uh, I found funny, but um, also effective. Mm -hmm. And there's this moment here, and it's it's like nine ish months where they're at peace. Let's, I guess we it's too late to even talk about like the the stuff she drops in her water to calm down her heart attacks and stuff. No, I don't. The weird like fifties medicine. Also, the frog thing. When she opens up the basement. And the like, toilet? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here that we can't unpack, but... Well, and none of it went anywhere. No. And this is a moment of bliss, right? Literally, and everything we mentioned, nothing to do with the plot. Oh, I disagree with that part. <clears throat> you, you, do you mean the heart and the toilet and the 
powder and all that. Yeah, the toilet that's and true. the powder. Those were just. But that said, like it's in there for a reason. I'm. I just don't know what that reason is. Either. I couldn't figure it out. Just some drinking some weird like. What was that? Uh, yeah. There's was like it, if, was it thalidomide? I don't know, man. If you guys have seen Mother and you have thoughts about the yellow powder she puts in her water to calm her like heart murmurs or yeah. heart attacks, always let us know because I have heartburn. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Maybe she just has some reflux. Lay off the orange Maybe. juice. But it's important to note, at this point, she gets pregnant, and she pours out all of her powder. She's like, I don't need this anymore. That's why. Right. Flushes it down. Yeah. I don't know what that was. And um, there's this there's this really, like, the first time, in the, like, it's the first time you get a wide shot in the movie, too. They show you the house from far away. And it was, like, the first time I took, like, a, a huge deep breath. I'm like, okay, great. I'm not claustrophobic anymore. Things mm-hmm. are going to be Okay. Okay. Yeah, that scene was kind of calming. Yeah, it was like finally we're not we're not in her shoes and she's not feeling stressed out and she's not burdened by all these other characters mm-hmm. uh, imposing on her life. Okay, that's I think that was like the point. I mean, For it was sure, supposed it was. to be like a reprieve. Yes, you know of of the chaos and. Ugh. So along with her pregnancy, he's finished his poem, his masterpiece, and it starts getting acclaim, and he has a publisher who is played by uh, Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. uh, which surprised me. But yeah, that was weird. From here on out, things get things escalate. I would like to point out too. There's this moment when he finishes, mm-hmm. and he hands her a piece of paper, and it was yes. like a parchment. It was like this big. It was like twelve by twelve. But I'm like, what did you write? Like a, for nine did, months? You wrote like a paragraph? Yeah, like it was. Yeah, it's a little weird. I was like, I was expecting like a a, a parcel or yes, you know, like a scroll, something multiple. a bit more worthy of nine months worth of writing. Right, but. The, the main point here is he hands it to, to Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. and says, it's done. Yeah. She starts crying. Because it's so, it's it, so she's like, perfect. It's, there's so much. It's so perfect. It's so heavy. She's like, I just am afraid I'll lose you. Yes. And then. And he's like, that's crazy. You'll never lose me. Yeah. And then the phone rings. Yes. And it's his publisher. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I love it. And this is crazy because like we, as far as we know, the finished draft has just ended up in her hands and that's it. Yeah. He like literally just finished it. And then all of a sudden his publisher already has it. It was confusing. The logistics. Yes. Again, this is like the feeling sets in like nothing is quite as it seems. Yeah. Everything's wonky in this movie. For sure. Um, So that happens. And then things, things kind of devolve into less subtle and more, um, this is when crazy? everything gets like, everything gets funneled into the crazy lane. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we should say, because this is where I started falling off in the movie. It became so obvious that this yeah. is just a story of the Bible. I think it was more engaging, but also as much, if not more so, confusing. Yeah. My, my issue with this whole, the last third here, um, you got, like she, the, the whole house turns into a war zone. Well, at first it's not a war zone. At first it's like... A mecca. Adoring fans. A mecca. Right. And then it's like a shrine. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into a war zone. His and whole then thing it, his whole thing in his poem that's probably also worth pointing out is that like the idea behind life or his life or everybody's life is that things are meant to be shared. So people fans start showing up asking him questions and it's very benign. But then they find a way into the house, they start taking things from the house. Like within Two minutes on yeah. screen, people are ripping his house apart. They start destroying it. And then it's just this tornado of crazy mm-hmm. events happening. And he doesn't mind because this whole thing is, you know, that's, 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 it's not their fault. That's how they are. We need to forgive them. It's all Which things. is also so gaudy. Like yeah. And she's like, no, this is my home. I've built this. Again, from the perspective of Mother Earth, that checks out. Like, we're destroying mm-hmm. Earth. Sure. Um, 
Anyway, she's pregnant, right? The house gets crazier and crazier. No, we're talking like it goes from crazy shrine to like EDM rave to war zone to police riots to what? Human slavery. Yep. You Um, could look at it as as very much like a progression of what we as a human race have done. Yeah. And Um, then it went almost like post-apocalyptic. It totally did. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've we've lost all law and order at this point. Um, but the whole and it happens in a blink of like three minutes. Yeah, it was un, it was weird. She's trying to survive this. She's she's in labor at this point, and she's trying to have this baby. And finally, like there's like cult stuff happening. Like everybody worships Javier Bardem because there's there's a definitely way to view this movie where it's uh, the the negative effects that organized religion has on society, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is very compelling. Like radicalization. It's crazy. Like yeah, you have people like. More than demeaning people, like like hurting and murdering other people because of their belief in this poem or this artist or whatever, and um, it, it escalates so much to the point like she finally makes her way and she's about to have this baby and Javier Bardem connects there again. She's like, all right, he's like, come up here and we'll be safe. And she has her baby. Yeah, we haven't even got into the room that he boarded off. No, but there's oh, just God, so much. Yeah. There's so fucking much. There's like, a lot to yeah, this movie. It's it's pointless. Um, let's hit the highlights at the end, I guess. She has the baby. He's like, let me hold my baby. They she's have, like, no. What was that, like a 72-hour standoff? Yes. So she's holding the baby. She's like, you can't take this baby. You've ruined everything else. This is this is mine. Also, it's important to note here, I was lit- reading another interview with uh, Aronofsky here and naming the movie Mother for obvious reasons, obviously as a baby, but why lowercase, right? Um, and he mentioned something about, well, who who is important in the God Jesus thing, whose name starts with M, that is less important than God. Mary. I think the inference is Mary. Yeah. So like she is the Mother Mary of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, which like adds so many levels of implication. Like, did God is that the implication? Like God raped Mary earlier to make Jesus? Like, I don't know. Well, there's no reference of her consenting. Right. So like there's that's a whole nother level of <laughs> weird stuff. Right. But anyway, she has this baby. And he's like, let me hold this baby. And she's like, you can't hold this baby. And eventually she falls asleep. He takes the baby and he presents it to the to the mob that's outside and just like gives it to him. It's like, this is for you from me. Like God sacrificing Jesus. Yes. And she wakes up and she's like, no, that's my baby. Tries to follow it. And this is where it gets, this is where your stomach starts to churn if you're normal, I guess. Um, she tries to get her baby back. At one point, they're all holding the baby. The baby's doing some sweet crowd surfing. Yes, but it leans its head back and the neck snaps. Like a baby's head probably does. Yeah. And she's like, no, my baby, my baby. And she tries to catch up to it. At this point, the baby has been ripped apart. Then it's they're on they're, an altar. And they're eating it. They're eating it. Like everyone Little in bits the group. of its flesh. Yeah. Um, again. Like communion. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty on the nose for like eating the body and blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, she like she's put up with some shit. She's gone through the ring, but this is too much. And she grabs like a shard of glass, starts killing people. Um, but very quickly, the mob overwhelms her. It starts just like that was tough to watch, man. Beating the tar out of her. Um, not dissimilar to like the I can't think of where it is in the Bible, but the stone stoning of that that mm. uh, what do you call it? wench? That's not correct, like but the, the harlot, or harlot, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again with like the like calling her all sorts of names, like really powerful stuff. Um, she's getting her face kicked in. Like, it's really, really brutal. Yeah. Javier Bardem comes in. Um, and then I'm a little bit foggy on what happens next. Yeah, I don't remember. She, so he Wait. picks her up. And she fell down the stairs at some point. Doesn't she, like, get away from him? 
Yeah, I think that's what happens. And she gets down to this basement, and that's a whole oh, other she thing. She sees the dude's lighter. Yes. Yeah. From earlier. Remember when Ed Harris was like, she was like, we don't smoke in the house. Whatever. She hit his lighter. Then she finds it again later, and she's like, there's this oil drum in the basement. I'm going to light it on fire. That I'm was behind a hidden wall. Destroy all this. Yeah. yeah. And that's what happens. She punctures this oil drum. She's like, all right, I'm going to set this on fire. Not unlike the cleansing of the earth in lots of Bible stories. Like we didn't even acknowledge the the, that the crystal got broken, the first one. It did get broken, yes, by but, by Adam and Eve, if we're going religious. Right. Uh, like original sin kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's so mad, but he's like, you're human, I'll forgive you, whatever. Anyways, the end of the movie is like her lighting it on fire. The whole house explodes. Everybody dies except for mostly her. And Javier Bardem, he's fine, not phased by an explosion. Mm-hmm. She is charred to the bone, basically. Yeah. And somehow still alive. And she's like, what are you? I don't remember what he says. Um, but she, he's like, I need one more thing from you. And she's like, I have nothing left to give. And he's like, you do. Your love. And she's like, take it. And then he rips open her chest, pulls out her heart, crushes it. And there's that same crystal that broke earlier. And then he and then he resets it and everything starts over. And the woman rises in bed like she did in the beginning. But this time it's not Jennifer Lawrence. It's some other woman. Same symbol. It's just Mother Earth or Mother Nature or whatever. Cycling over. And uh, yeah, and it's just like, all right, God's going to try this again. Maybe he'll get it right this time. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. The end. The end. Yeah. I like this movie less the more we talk about it. Yeah. And granted, like we've spent the last what hour and a half talking about the religious side of this, but there's there's a whole lot of other stuff that you could draw from it, like the environmental things. Maybe it's just maybe it's just a parable of man destroying Earth, mm. um, or maybe it's just maybe it's just a terrible relationship. I don't. That'd be tough to yeah. make, to make that that's, case, but yeah, you, maybe if you can read nothing into anything. Yeah, if that's how I felt coming out of it, like. It was just too, too obvious to me towards the end. It was subtle in the beginning. And then by the time things escalated, it was just like, it was just obviously. It escalated so hard. So much. So fast. And if the movie was just going for making us uncomfortable and keeping our heart, heart beating, uh, pun kind of, I right. guess, uh, I'll take it. it. It did that. But I left the movie thinking there was no, like, why, why did I watch that? It didn't teach me a lesson. It just presented things that I had either heard in the Bible yeah. or I knew about global warming or whatever. There was no, there was no point. I was going to say, I walked away wondering what the point it was. It made me feel it just to do that. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I have issues with this film. I could see that. Um, I did like, again, like the fact that we've talked about it this much makes me think it was worth seeing, but I just, I don't like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was an interesting piece of work. Yes. Um, it was definitely like high concept, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it definitely did get a little pushy. Yeah. I mean, I, I could have sworn you were going to, if, if you watched it from that perspective, hit hit the whole like movie with an agenda button. Well, yeah, now I am. Right. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, it's not an agenda. Exactly. It's like movie with a... Because what are they What are they pandering they're not. for? They're it's just not. saying this is what... They're either saying this is what the Bible says, or this is what humans have done. This movie was like watching a weird painting. Yeah. Because a painting can't preach at you. Well, it just is. Sure. Yeah. That's why I, I, I hearken back to the 
like the comparison of this movie to a piece of abstract art. Yeah, but I don't know. Abstract, at least you can put your own interpretation. Like I've, I'm so settled in this reading of it that I can't, I can't give it any wiggle room. Like this is the Bible story to me. And I'm, I, I just don't care. Like it's, it's if somebody read the old Testament and was like, God hates, doesn't hate, but like, is like, do whatever you want. I'll just start over and try something else. And that's fine. I just don't need a movie about it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah. I could see that. And I didn't really look at it through as deep uh, or serious of mm-hmm. a religious lens, but like looking at it from that perspective, this movie loses a lot of value to me. Yeah. It really does. I mean, it was, it was so nice in the beginning. It was nice in the fact that it was achieving something. But I mean, you have, you have these like very visceral scenes that are thrown at you. Like there's a scene where um, the publisher, uh, Kristen, excuse me, Kristen Wiig is like, like executing people at gunpoint. Yeah. Right. And, um, or, or the scene where Jennifer Lawrence is getting beaten near death. And, and part of me has to wonder if that's serving the plot or if it's just thrown at us to shock us. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want that. I don't care. Like I can, there, like, I don't need that. We could go watch Saw. Exactly. And I wanted this to be more than just like shock porn or torture porn or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and that docked at several points in my book. I just, I don't, I don't need it. Well, yeah, because like at the end of a movie like this, you want there to be some sort of point. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't get that. No, like I said, I walked away confused. Yeah, like I think the first thought I had, like getting in the car leaving, was like I'm so confused. Yep, like I'm not confused about like what happened. I'm confused about why Why it happened. Why it happened, and like why is this a movie? The only, the only reason I could justify it is like maybe, maybe we're supposed to read it as a warning. Like maybe we're like we can we can superimpose our modern day humanitarian issues and be like this is what we could be don't be that way then maybe maybe but there was no redeem like aside from the movie essentially starting itself over and being like let's do better next time there's there's nothing in it that speaks to redemption or anything that that you would expect from a bible story even no there's no other side of the coin no you know what i mean it's like everybody's fucked. So yeah, that's and it. it's almost it, it. almost makes me wonder if whoever created this movie. I know the dude that directed it had yeah. a huge hand stylistically and whatnot. But if maybe mm-hmm. if it's like a lashing out at religion, yeah, the pointlessness yeah, maybe it's of a it. Huge criticism of it. Maybe. It could just be a giant middle finger. It could, I mean, it could be talking about the crazy things that humans do when they think that the fanaticism mm-hmm. of brainwashed yep. religious which people. is also like a, like i mean i hadn't even thought of that till right now like okay. what if whoever wrote this was like saying fuck religion but you've thought about this in your life like you've thought about the fanaticism of religion i've lived it right yeah and, and this this gives us nothing new no so it's still yeah. the same point for me like Maybe, I don't care. yeah but also we come from that background of being familiar with like borderline fanaticism religious obsession yeah but the point i'm making is like it, even if you don't come from that background you still see it and there's still no solution. It's just like, this is what is. It's like saying, hey, people are starving. Yeah. And then walking away. Yep. It's like, you know, it's like knowing that people are starving and then a movie showing us kids starving for an hour and a half. And, and then, then just, that's it. That's it. I don't like, great. I guess you've, 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 you've bit something deeper. Maybe you've just, it, this movie's like a reminder about shit that's always I been guess. this way. Yeah. It's not, I don't know. Yeah. I like the, I like the vision. I like what I think he was going for. But what is the vision? It's just showing us in a more uh, maybe modern or uh, visual way 
if we're saying I'm I'm still harping on the religion thing, but like well, it's the un- Bible story. It's unavoidable that it is a commentary about religion. But my my question that might remain unanswered is what point of view does that commentary take? No, and I'm saying it doesn't. Well, point of view, maybe point of view is that it's bad, but like what, what stance does it take? Exactly. Nothing. This movie doesn't really take a stance. No. no. Well, wait, that might not be correct. Either. Does it, I mean, I mean, it takes a stance clearly like this is not a good situation. So uh, yeah. the stance is that it's bad, but like what, what lesson does it provide? What advice does it give? What alternative? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So yeah, man, I have a hard time getting behind it's it. It's just like a religion is bad poster. Yeah. Or that people are bad. Or the environment. These good. are all things that intelligent people know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at the beginning of the show, you said, that, "Sorry, our show, not the movie." You said this is a movie you enjoyed, you would recommend, and you would watch again. Mm-hmm. Do you stand by that? It, yeah, I okay. think I do. Um, I I enjoyed it, and I enjoy opening myself up to different perspectives mm-hmm. on the movie because a lot of what what we had talked about, I hadn't really mm-hmm. uh, taken into consideration and applied to this movie. Mm-hmm. And in a way that almost makes me want to watch it again, just yeah, to like, let's really like see and like look for more direct um, opinions yeah. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know there probably won't be any there, but I think uh, I would still recommend it. And I did still en- enjoy it. I just, it's like any good piece of art. It, leaves you maybe asking more questions than answering them. I mean, if that's the point of this movie, didn't they achieve that? If if that's the point of the movie, yes. But are we asking the right questions? One well, like is it is wa- there a point to this movie? I exactly. I want to know what question that this movie is supposed to get me to right. ask and I still don't know. I mean, the last the, even close to abstract movie we've talked about on this show is Ghost Story, right? Yeah. But it was very clear like that was an existentialist like what is the meaning of life? That feels cliche, but it it wasn't meaningless. Mm-hmm. Not life. The movie. The movie was not meaningless. I don't. I don't know that I feel good about recommending this to anybody um, for the sake of having a lasting. Um, I don't know. Uh, opinion. Uh, this movie was. It's a movie. It's a thing you can go watch, and it makes you feel things. Like yeah. that's almost the most I can say about it. That's really, honestly, pretty fair. This movie's not going to leave any kind of lasting emotional impact with me because it doesn't. It doesn't say anything. I don't connect with it. Yeah. Fuck. Am I changing my whole opinion of this movie right maybe. now? Maybe. I mean, that's the. And maybe that's the point of the movie. Maybe that's great about the movie. It's making us talk about it and it's making us consider th- things. I guess. <laughs> I I would encourage people to watch this. I would say watch it. Um, again, it's going to mess you up a little bit. Just the, like the visuals of watching a baby die and then people eating that baby. Um, is something that sticks with you, obviously. But I own album covers with yeah, more graphics right. things than but that. But you're not did- watching a baby like develop for nine months and then having to watch it taken from its mother's arms and eaten by cult people. I mean, only in my fantasies, really. Oh my god! And here we are at the end of Fresh Up Cinema, guys. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that part of it wasn't. That was just shock value shit that really didn't. Was it? Yeah. That's the question. Was it shock value or was it was it relevant to this movie? Well, Jesus had to die somehow, and in this movie, that baby kind of symbolized Jesus. And yeah. Apparently, they didn't have any carpenters because they didn't want to build a tiny cross. They didn't want to build anything. No. They took the crib. They were taking it down. 
Maybe yeah. that's a metaphor too. They weren't building anything; they were destroying. This movie, so for as much time and brain power as I've devoted to this over the past couple of days, deserves a second viewing, in my opinion. I will see it again. I want to watch it again and also never think about it again at the yeah. same time. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a little bit rough. Do you have anything else you want to add about this or any of the beers or anything? To be fair, I can't recall a movie ever that I've had this many issues with getting a concrete opinion about. Because, oh. like, I kind of keep going back and forth. Uh-huh. I want to, like, things about it I liked, things about it I hated, things... It, it's confusing, dude. It Like I said, it's leaving me with more questions than answers. Sure. So, it's an intriguing piece of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about it, and we haven't come to any conclusions. No, I, I, I'm about where I stood at the beginning. Like, I, I don't know if I think it's a good movie. I think, you know... We didn't give it numbers, did we? I don't think I want to. It's a it's a six for me, which is it almost feels too high, but it's a six for no other reason than it makes me want to talk about it with people. Yeah, I just don't know where those conversations are gonna go. Like, that's kind of beautiful, right? Yeah, but in like, I don't see them being productive or having a conclusion. I mean, maybe someone out there saw this. And really read into it intellectually and has an interesting take and a strong opinion that's different about what this movie represents. Maybe. That would be a fun conversation to have. Yeah. But until that happens, I don't know if I'd want to talk about this movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough one. I've had a few conversations of this length about this film. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to this one being the last one that I have. <laughs> At least for, for a long while. Yeah. Like maybe I'll revisit, revisit this film in like a year. Uh, but until then I've, I think I've got my fill of it. Yeah. Um, people always talk about daddy issues. They never talk about mother issues. Mm. Am I right? Motherfucker. All right. Uh, I'm good. That's everything I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, the beers are great. The beers were amazing. It was a movie. The beers outshined the movie by far, by far, uh, between the, uh, the upland and the mother earth. What did you like most now that you've um, had them both? Honestly, it would just depend on what mood I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like overall the upland yeah the upland was it was the most interesting beer it for was sure it's this beer is like the dosa keys guy it's the most interesting mm. beer in the world yeah well i don't know about that the most in the world yeah this most interesting beer in the world on our table tonight <laughs> this this beer's mother has a tattoo that says sun oh okay you don't have cable no but i know commercials i know dos Equis. okay that makes sense to it's me just a just a joke. And i know it's not the old guy anymore it's no like a it's a dude. younger old guy yeah uh, well, shoot. All right. Oh, all, shucks. All that to be said, once again, these beers can be found at Spike's Bottle Shop if you want them. Uh, the movie can be found in movie theaters if you want to see that. <laughs> uh, at some point, it'll be that on is, DVD uh, that or is Blu-ray. Good to know. Uh, we can be found on Twitter Not at Fresh Hop Cinema, on Instagram at Fresh Hop Cinema, at Facebook at Fresh Hop Cinema, or at Patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. And if you're an old school nerd like some of us are, you can email us at FHCCast at gmail.com. Uh, with your thoughts on Mother or these beers, or if you just want to talk about your day. That's fine, too. I would love to have a pen, pal. It'd be great. Um, in the meantime, we'll see you next week. I think we might be talking about Kingsman, uh, the Golden Circle, Kingsman 2, the Golden Circle. I think we might. Unless we change our mind, because for, well, for whatever reason. It's but our show. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but until then. For Max Minardi, I'm Fresh Hop Cinema. And for Fresh Hop Johnny, I'm Max Cinema Minardi. That's good. We're done. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.